What's up, everybody? It's been too long. We uh, took a two-week break during this middle of the NBA offseason, but we're back uh, with basically a lot of the same material that we probably would have covered uh, two weeks ago anyways. Right, Sean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we really are in the, the thick of the offseason right now. We're, we're right in the middle of being really far away from last season and really far away from next season. Uh, we're, the, the headlines we're seeing are not really much news there's a lot of speculation a lot of rankings and stuff but uh as yeah as far as news goes we we got stuff from like a few weeks ago that we still have to talk about yeah well excited to dive in so good thing we decided to take that two-week break so we wouldn't look like the the jump and nba first take and a lot of these other nba shows that are basically just seeing how many different ways can we debate the Lakers and LeBron James yeah. and what they're going to do this upcoming season? Yeah. How many, how many different angles can we break down these workout videos that have been <laughs> coming out this summer? So, you know what's crazy? I actually saw uh, on Reddit a post that someone quoted. That's uh, Skylar Diggins' quote. And if you don't know who she is, she's a WNBA player. Yeah. And she said something along the lines of, they'll talk about everything LeBron's had to eat before they show a <laughs> WNBA highlight. That is true. <laughs> it's sad, w- but true. <laughs> yeah, and the WNBA is in the thick of their uh, single game elimination. Well, actually, yesterday was the first round of those single game elimination uh, playoffs, that playoff format that they have, whereas the first two rounds are single elimination games, and then uh, that third round is it becomes a five-game series. So, yeah, they're in the heart of their playoff season, and no one's they're not noticing. getting as <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that just goes to show, man. We just we hunger for the NBA, man. This is what we crave, and that that's why we're here on the Second Stringers NBA podcast. Yeah, this is the NBA. Yeah, the Second Stringers. But so let's get started here. <laughs> First thing right here is a trivia question for you, Sean. It's how many threes did Ben Simmons make last season? Oh come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's oh what a dumb question. <laughs> is it? It probably has an easier answer than you would think. No, I mean it's just like. Oh my gosh! Why? Why is, is, it, this, is, why not, is this the question? Well, it's it's kind of out of the blue, but kind of not. The reason I ask is because just a couple days ago, Ben Simmons did his round of press uh, conferences for the new NBA 2K game, um, and and somebody asked him a question. Well, I'll reveal the question once you give me your answer. Okay. I'll, yeah, I should I should give a guess instead of just complaining about it. Yeah. I'll say seven. Seven threes. Seven. Well, like I said, the answer was a lot easier than you would think. Actually, zero threes. Zero. Ben Simmons okay. did not make a single three during the regular season last year. <laughs> what? Did, how it, many did he attempt? Do you know how many he attempted? Ah, uh, I should have looked that up. I mean, I saw the number, but I don't. I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, it's not a big number, but anyways, the reason that was the question was basically, yeah, when he was doing his. Uh, press tours for the new NBA 2K game and somebody just straight up asked him like oh how do you feel about the criticism that you're not a great jump jump shooter or you don't have a great jump shot I um, mean he gave a pretty solid answer I think a little arrogant but, but it's understandable this guy's probably one of the, the best rookies the NBA seen in quite a while and he one of his quotes basically went along the lines of I can pick out multiple guys in this league who can't do what I do well um, basically just referencing that which is true. He is all around the best rookie we had in the NBA last year. And there are a lot of NBA veterans included that probably can't do some of the things that Ben Simmons does very well, which is handle the ball, rebound, and wall while being almost seven feet tall. Yeah. I mean, of course he brings a lot to the table. So I, I don't know. I don't think he needs to defend himself quite yet, but just the way the NBA is, the three-point shot seems to be just something that's really important to everybody. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think everyone needs to be an amazing three-point shooter, but it, it is crazy that he didn't even really attempt any when <laughs> you have the true center on the team, Joel Embiid, who is actually a pretty good three-point shooter. Yeah, relatively, I would say. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like he he does shoot them. Yeah. And like he, he does make them so you have to actually guard him on the three-point line instead of just giving him an open shot but i actually did just look up how many threes he attempted last season and i'll, I'll turn the question back on you and ask you how many you think he attempted well i mean considering he 
he made zero. I'm I'm gonna say a low number, maybe fifteen threes the whole season. That's a pretty good guess. It is actually eleven. Oh, okay. Zero for eleven. I mean, hey man, some guys walk out of the gym from one night with a stat line like that, or just without even threes included, just from the field alone. I so, think that's what Trevor Ariza got in uh, Game Seven against the Warriors. <laughs> Over eleven <laughs> in the biggest game of the year. No, <laughs> <laughs> so bad. And then, oh, also about Ben Simmons. Uh, you talked about two K. His rating, along with Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell's, is eighty-seven for that. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't. I know we we had mentioned before that Jason Tatum's was eighty-seven, but I didn't realize. Yeah. Dominic Mitchell's was 87 as well as Yeah, ben all three of those guys were put in 87. So they consider those three guys just as good of players or just as big contributors um to their teams and just as good quality players. Obviously they they each are better at one thing versus the other, but interesting. Yeah. It makes that sense was... to me. I, they, none of them really proved that they were like that like far beyond any of the other ones, you know, they, all three of those guys played so well last year. Right. I still think though, now that it's in that terms, I still think Jason Tatum doesn't deserve that 87. <laughs> Even after what he did in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm going to lean more towards an 85. I get, which I guess is probably not even worth arguing. Cause it's <laughs> close anyway. It's small. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they're each, yeah, you're right. None of them is profoundly better than the other. Each brings different things to the table, but they're probably just as good at that um, as yeah. the other. Um, but moving on from there, what about this man, this guy, Mono Ginobili, old man Mono Ginobili, 41, finally seriously considering retirement and <laughs> set to meet with <laughs> setting to meet with Greg Popovich to discuss that. Uh, Mono Ginobili, a guy who still has one year, $2.5 million left on his deal um, if he decides to play next year. So if he does retire um, next year, the Spurs will officially have lost four of their players, um, including Tony Parker, Kyle Anderson, Danny Green, and Kawhi Leonard. Wow. I mean, I this is something that we could see coming for like years now. I mean, true. Ginobili, he's given so much to that franchise. Even though he has one year left on his deal, I don't think he has anything to prove as far as like, like what, like he didn't leave anything on the table. Like he could yeah. retire right now, no one would be like, "Oh, really? Like already? No. Like he's so old. Like let let the man enjoy the rest of his life. He's given so much <laughs> of the sport of basketball. I I would say go for it if I was him. Just retire." I mean, I would might as well. Um, I guess that's could is that officially closing the book on the San Antonio Spurs there with the retirement from um, Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker leaving. Certainly, this is not anywhere close to this, any of the teams that uh, Tim Duncan was a part of anymore. No, it's not closing the book at all. I mean, you lost Parker and Ginobili, but were they really a part of the main core of the team last year? A team that won forty seven games. A team that only really had LaMarcus Aldridge as like a star player. Now they have DeMar DeRozan. It's just the new yeah. crop. There there's nothing. There's nothing changed. It's just this is just the circle of life, man. Yeah, a new for a new Spurs franchise or yeah, new Spurs dynasty possibly reemerging, probably not. But um but hey, maybe maybe this team sneaks into the playoffs. I don't know. I don't even is it sneaking? Is it sneaking? <laughs> I mean, like, if we if, come if on. we're going off those those rankings that came out from Kevin Pelton a couple weeks we ago, we are not going <laughs> off anything that guy said. Yeah, that guy had the Spurs winning thirty eight games. That so. was such garbage. I will. I'll. Hmm, I'm gonna do. So, I'll like eat part of my sock if they only win thirty eight <laughs> games. If they don't have a winning record, <laughs> you'll eat your sock. I don't want to eat the whole thing. <laughs> but I might I'll eat a piece. I'll rip off a piece of it and eat it. They're like this that's so ridiculous to think that they'd only win thirty eight. But that key metric basically being that they win thirty eight games only thirty eight games, right? Right. Okay. It's on the um, record. Anyways, but if Mono <laughs> Yeah, all right. I'll I'll hold you up to that. I want to keep an eye on that. I I'd like to see you eat part of your sock. <laughs> <laughs> not every month not can... every day you get 
I guess I can record it if it does happen. <laughs> I, I really I really do not anticipate doing that though. There's just no way. <laughs> Anyways, if Model Ginobili does walk away from the Senate or from the NBA as a whole, he will finish. He will be left third in Spurs franchise record for number of games played, fifth in points, and number one in steals. No surprise wow. there for Mono Ginobili, a guy that has caused a lot of nightmares for a lot of teams. I mean, the one thing I always remember about Mono Ginobili is just that block that he had on James Harden. Oh, yeah. When he was attempting the game-winner three and out Beautiful. of nowhere. Yeah. And that was in that recent thing. memory, too. Yeah. Yeah, and he's had such a great career. Man. Yeah. So that leaves Vince Carter, Dirk, Jason Terry, Pau Gasol, and Jamal Crawford, and Tony Parker as the only active players from 2002. Yeah, that list is dwindling it's down. Dwindling. I think, man, after this year, I feel like the only ones that will still be there are, are the last three, Pau Gasol, Jamal Crawford, Tony Parker. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised to see Jason Terry on this list. I forget that he was. He did make some appearances on those for those Milwaukee Bucks teams. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, Vince Carter is going <laughs> to just... <laughs> Spend a, spend a year in Atlanta just hanging out, just doing whatever Vince does. <laughs> yeah, just playing a couple DMPs, some minutes here and there. <laughs> yeah, That's what's crazy to me about Vince Carter. He's still in this league, but almost in a, in a way very casually where he just doesn't really mind how many wins his team gets because he, he consciously chose to go to Sacramento a couple years ago and sign that deal. Yeah. Um, now, same and, thing with Atlanta. Like, bottom of the barrel like does he feel like he has to give back to like the worst teams in the nba i don't they're like just like he has to like impart some sort of knowledge on them to really like accelerate them getting out of the dumpster i don't i don't really know yeah well we'll see how it keeps going but um how about this Kawhi Leonard releasing a statement at least kind of <laughs> because it blankly to me looked like it was definitely not from Kawhi Leonard uh, Kawhi Leonard said some things and I think somebody else just basically took that and wrote it in a very nice uh, cliche sort of <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's what you think of that whole statement that he wrote, he allegedly wrote. Yeah, I mean that was like straight out of a Hallmark card or oh. like <laughs> straight out of just like pieces that everybody else has written before. Yeah, I mean it's just like a come on letter. Like it's just like that definitely did not come out of Kawhi Leonard's uh soul or heart or whatever if that if it exists <laughs> yeah if it exists yeah yeah i'm totally with you on that <laughs> this was like such a disappointment it's almost like he said nothing <laughs> yeah you know and he really did it it was just it's just a written tweet or letter or something it, it's not actual words coming from his mouth we've yet to see if his vocal cords have been ripped out of his throat <laughs> but yeah, it's just like thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, if if you haven't read it, you might as well not. I basically yeah. just said the whole thing. <laughs> it's like nothing. It's really nothing. It's it's so sad that does not see him be more mature about the situation. I guess you could say, and just own up to whatever's happened in the past. Like I don't care if what the media has portrayed you to be is an over-exaggeration or not, I just want to hear your take on all this and, like, at least tell your fans, like, what's going on because this is just ridiculous. Like, yeah, I've, I haven't heard this man say a word. Yeah. Uh, here's an interesting question, though. Does he owe the fans that? Like, does he actually Kawhi Leonard owe – does he owe us an explanation? Because this might be the first time we actually see a professional athlete like this just – at least in this new age of social media, in this new age of 24-hour news cycle, an athlete just blankly without saying anything but still at the same time yelling, hey, I don't owe you guys anything. Like, I don't owe you an explanation. I don't owe you an elaboration on my injuries or anything like that. I would prefer if he said that. <laughs> that would be so much better than this cliche, heartless crap. <laughs> like, have some personality, man. Like... Don't worry, like, sure, people might be angry about it, but if that's real, like, if that's how he really feels, then I want to know that, personally. I I would love to he see him say, like, look, all this stuff has been blown up. I don't owe you guys an apology or anything, so you yeah. should just be grateful. Like, 
the way he said it is just so boring un like it's not even news i don't even know why we're talking about it <laughs> yeah it just it was really cliched it felt almost like a joke kind of like when i don't know when some kid just like uh, just like in i guess middle school or something kids get in a fight the teacher forces one of the kids to say sorry he goes up yeah. and a very <laughs> very half-heartedly sorry <laughs> just because he feel like he has to i guess he doesn't mean or, it <laughs> yeah or, I mean, yeah, or, like, when politicians get caught in something and they just kind of say, I'm sorry, we'll never do it again. Yeah. It's a cover-up. So yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it seemed like a joke to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, completely. So, yeah, well, we can move on from that now. Uh, Carmel Anthony finally signing on with the Rockets after what seems like it's been years that he's trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- like completed his buyout from the Hawks, and now he's signed on one year, two point four million dollar minimum deal for Carmelo Anthony. What, what a man, dude! Well, this is a bulldog. This guy is a bulldog in the same way that Chris Paul was last year. This guy, he got his full last year of his contract paid for, and then he's stacking <laughs> more money on top of that while playing and for the team that he actually wants to play for while. St- with with it also being a team that's actually going to compete, um, I can't think of any more win win situation for a, <laughs> for a man out there in America yeah. than this guy. Yeah, this this man knows how to game the system, and yeah. so now so it begs the... the question: Do you think mm-hmm. that this makes the Rockets better? Um, no. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think they're weak. I still think they're. <laughs> I think they're weaker than they were last year. I think. Losing a Bubamonte, um, Trevor Reza. I think they're gonna prove to be big once uh once those playoff games get started. Um I think OKC got a I think OKC got better by losing Carmelo Anthony, honestly. Oh, yeah. And they got Dan yeah. Schroeder. <laughs> so therefore that's gonna make the Rockets weaker, uh, just because the competition's better. So mm-hmm. Hey, they're still gonna be a great team, but not any better, no. Yeah, I I have to agree with you again. Like, this Rockets team is still, at its core, a very good team. I mean, they kept Harden, CP3, and Capella there. And they didn't really need much besides them for this to be a competitive team. But for them to beat the Warriors, I don't know. It's hard to say. Mama Mute really didn't do much in that series, from what I remember. And Trevor Mm. Reza really did a terrible job in game seven of (laughs) anything for 41 minutes. So maybe altogether, it's not as bad of a loss as we think it is, but it's, it's, I think Carmel Anthony is a net negative as a player. So it's almost a subtraction by addition here. Uh, just adding on a guy that is really not going to provide you anything at this point in his career. He's a bad shooter at this point. Like last year with OKC, man, he, he underperformed at nearly every metric. Mm-hmm. And you also bring in a guy, James Ennis, on this team who is, eh, he's a meh player too. He's definitely no Mamba Mute as far as defense goes. So mm-hmm. all in all, they did get a little worse, and that's that's really going to come back to bite them in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and a couple teams in the West got better, right? OKC. Lakers. Uh, <laughs> Lakers. Not that the Lakers we're even at that level, but yeah, I mean, the Lakers did get better. OKC definitely was on that playing field with the Rockets. I they think got the Spurs better. got better. Okay. I'll, yeah. How do you not we'll think see. the Spurs got better? All they did was add DeRozan <laughs> and Pirtle. All they did. I don't know, man. Losing Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, they lost, I think that this, I'm not sure about this team. Okay, look at, a, it, look at it this uh, way. We're going to pretend Kawhi Leonard didn't even exist because he really didn't last year. It's like, hey, yeah. Alan, I'll trade you Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Danny Green for DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl. Do you take that trade? Okay. You sure. Want, you want Tony sure. Par- I mean, you want yeah, Tony Parker, no Kawhi- Ginobili, and, yeah, and uh, Danny Green for an Eastern Conference All-Star? Yeah, sure. Okay, when you put it like that, I guess, yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I still – this the, the San Antonio Spurs, what, finished 7th last year? Yeah, 7th. But, like, three games out of third. 
Okay, yeah, but I I don't think the San Antonio Spurs are on the same conversation are on the same field as the Houston Rockets. If there's somebody we we should bring up that got better, that's on that same playing level as them, it's the Utah Jazz, man. The Utah Jazz are getting better this this next year by doing and, yeah, just by having more experience. Right, just I think just by default. I mean, all these young guys are just going to get better. Yeah, I, I know you're a big Utah Jazz fan, too. <laughs> you, you're rooting for them hard. But, no, I, I agree. Like, I think they will get a little better. Yeah. But I they, mean, there, was still, think... there was still quite a gap between them and the Rockets, too. I'll make the argument that that gap has now been, has now been bridged. Or it will be through the course of next year, of next season. I think by, if everything goes right, I think by December and January, you might see the Utah Jazz. We might be talking the Utah Jazz are better than the Rockets. You want to make a crazy bet with me right now? You sure. won't think it's crazy. You might think I'm crazy. <laughs> I think the Spurs will win more games than the Jazz. See, the th- I want to make this bet. I hesitate a little bit <laughs> just because I think the Utah Jazz were worth so many, like a couple more wins last year which they didn't get because of injuries through the course of the year. Yep. And I could see that the season playing out not quite as bad, but somewhat similar. But still, I do <laughs> think they're that much better of the Spurs, so I'll make this bet with you. Ah, uh, think... okay. All right. It's All on right. the record now. The deal yeah. is done. The handshake has happened virtually. And, and this might come down to, like, I think I can see the Spurs winning 42 games. For what? Are you... <laughs> You and Kevin 42, Carlton need 44. to stop smoking what you're smoking, my dude. <laughs> and then I'm going to see the Jazz finish with something like 48, maybe 50 wins. I can see that, but I can also see the Spurs winning that 50 games and the Jazz winning 46, 47. All right, we'll see. And it's going to come down to the wire. And, yeah, it, it, the difference could, post, could very well beat Rudy Gobert. I'm um, not just suffering one uh, mid-level injury, but two of those, and all of a sudden he he closes the season with four missing four weeks out of that total season. Like that might be the difference there. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's hard to predict injuries too. I mean, any any injuries can happen to any of these guys, but Rudy Gobert has shown that he is a little injury prone. So yeah, and I hate plays to, out. Yeah, I hate to make that like my case or but, <laughs> or like my excuse, but. I mean, Rudy Gobert. It happened last down. year. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Is the bet Anyways, off if Rudy Gobert gets hurt for more than a month? No, because I'm making this bet while considering that. Like, that's okay. how confident I am. Wow. <laughs> so confident. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely making it considering that Rudy Gobert will probably miss three weeks at some point, if not a accumulation of three weeks uh, okay. through the whole year. All right. Game on, man. Game on. All right. Okay. All right. So Greg Monroe signs one year with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Greg Monroe, he was a good player for a little bit, and now he's just an NBA journeyman. Yeah, I felt like Greg Monroe had the chance to be better than he became. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why. When I just watch him play, I'd be like, oh, wow, this guy, he can be pretty dominant. But yeah. he never really reached his potential, I guess you could say. Uh, there's yeah, obviously a big man uh, brought in to replace Jakob Pertl, who they lost to the Spurs in that trade to get Kawhi. So I don't know if he's going to necessarily completely fill in the spot that Jakob filled last year, but I think this is still a serviceable player that can definitely get some minutes on this team. Yeah, I could, I could, I'll accept that serviceable. Serviceable, um, yeah. <laughs> I I was I don't know. Greg Monroe is just like you said. I also thought he was going to be a. I mean, I I didn't predict a star or an all star, but I thought he was going to yeah. be definitely a starting center with big impacts on teams. Um, and when he was traded from the Suns to the Bucks, I thought that was it. I was like, the Milwaukee Bucks just found just filled that weak spot that they had. <laughs> right. Like they had John yeah. Henson there. Um. John Henson seemed like a little too small for that spot, not quite the defensive anchor that they wanted or the rebounder that they needed. Uh, so they bring in Greg Monroe, and I thought, that's it. The Milwaukee Bucks are going from potentially 7-8 seed in the East to the 5th seed, the 7th mm-hmm. seed, or 6th seed at least. Um, and it 
just for whatever reason just didn't click. Yeah, Greg Monroe is just one of these guys that you would think would be a lot better, but for whatever reason, uh, just kind of just floats around. Yeah, so I don't know. What do you think? Like 10, 15 minutes a game for this guy? 10 or 15 minutes, you're yeah. saying? Oh, I think he'd get. he's going to get more. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. We got Valacinas there. Uh, 15 minutes, yeah. 15. 15 to 20? 15 to 18. 15 to 18, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on here, this is just classic 76ers rookie right here. <laughs> Zaire Smith suffers a Jones fracture. I <laughs> uh, got surgery on that last week. And oh, his timetable for recovery is six to eight weeks. Well, is that that they should they might as well put the timetable for recovery TBD <laughs> yeah, to one, be determined one whole rookie season because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like these whenever these guys go down the it's just these timetables are just in complete fluctuation like from one it's one month and it's like oh he's ready tomorrow and then no never mind and then all of a sudden they're not allowing filming in practice in the practice facility <laughs> anymore man are this are the 76ers more cursed than the Clippers? No, I think saying they're cursed is a lazy um, excuse for their training, for their bad <laughs> training staff. Do you think I, the same thing about the Clippers? Possibly, man. Possibly. There's no curse afoot there. That's also on the training staff. Listen, when people believe in things like witchcraft and ghosts <laughs> and magic, it's usually because they don't have the a science. They still don't have the knowledge or they, the knowledge is being hidden away from them to actually explain something logically. And I think here the logical explanation is that these two franchises probably just don't have great training staff. What's your opinion on the Madden curse? The Madden curse? The Madden curse. You know Madden curse, like, right? Like uh, NFL Madden, like the video yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. Like the cover, the cover athlete for like every Madden game has a bad season in the year that he's the Madden athlete. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like the pe- what people say about the 2K curse now that every time a, a player is featured on the 2K cover, they end up switching teams in th- that year. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> so that, that, I don't know how you explain that, Alan. This seems, seems beyond anything we can comprehend. Yeah, but let's see. The Madden curse in the 2K is like dealing with multiple players across multiple franchises. I think here we're seeing a pattern with, <laughs> with only two <laughs> franchises. <laughs> Okay, so we'll chalk the Madden curse up to witchcraft, but this is on the training staff for sure. <laughs> this is on the training staff, yeah. So maybe, yeah, the Madden curse is something unexplainable, <laughs> something bigger out there. I don't know. But this is definitely, like, I got it. You got it. I mean, how could you not start thinking it's the training staff? I mean, it. I don't I don't know, man. Like, these injuries form, and I, I don't know if they already exist before they get there or what. Just it's like it seems like the rookies are the ones that take the brunt of these injuries. Like the rest of the team seems to be okay. I don't remember Robert Covington ever having an injury. <laughs> JJ Redick. It's it's That's just true. the rookies. I don't, I don't know what it is about. Like they just get to the 76ers and like all of a sudden their arm falls off. I don't I don't really know what it is. All I'm saying is we shouldn't be quick to blame it on these um these super out there. The supernatural. Um, ID, the super, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These supernatural explanations. Why can't we go? There's a middle ground there, and the middle ground is well, <laughs> probably you just don't have good training staff, or you don't have like a good training regimen, or you're not uh, you're not um, tr- uh, transitioning these kids well through the summer or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully, I really hope this kid gets to have a rookie season, though. I mean, since this first time sample says six to eight weeks, you got to hope that he's ready for at least, like, I don't know, maybe only misses a few weeks of the NBA season. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's it's not looking good for this man. I think he'll be fine. Six to eight weeks will bring him around November, right? Mid, low end November. Yeah, October, probably. really. Yeah, like late October. Yeah, then he still has to get basketball fit i guess and get adjusted so i mean he's still the nba season's so long if everything goes well he should be fine yeah okay unless he suffers like a markel faults type of whatever thing he had (laughs) (laughs) right shoulder problems yeah 
How about here? Sam Decker traded to the Cavs along with Cash to offload him from that that Clipper roster that is neither tanking uh, nor actually competing. <laughs> <laughs> gonna lock down that 11th seed. Yeah. It's just, gonna be great. Never seen a team more adamantly built for the 10th or 11th seed. <laughs> so adamantly. No yeah. star power outside of... if you, I count Lou Williams as a star, but most people wouldn't. <laughs> and and then you got Tob- Tobias Harris could... Tobias Harris could be a star too. Yeah, Tobias Harris can play. Yeah, we we're we're a fan of Tobias Harris on on this yeah. podcast. But I mean, Sam Decker, like, if we had to get rid of one guy, that would probably be it. <laughs> like he he really is kind of a redundant player on that roster. He doesn't really bring anything different to the team that we don't already have. And he's mostly notorious for dribbling the ball off his face, in my <laughs> mind. So uh, he he's better off with the Cavs and. There's also the rights to two dudes. I don't know. I I don't even know their names, but they were swapped in the trade too. I think they're like G League players. But yeah, all, all in all, a pretty nothing trade where the the Clippers kind of just had to get rid of him. They gave the Cavs some cash along with him too. So yeah, but at yeah. the end, Sam Decker is a fairly decent player to get for basically nothing for if you're the oh, Cavs. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, he's a great player. To, yeah, because you get some cash along with him. It's almost like you don't even have to pay his contract, really. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good, fairly good deal for the Cavs, who are also out there putting a um, maybe not an adamantly 10th to 11th seed, <laughs> but maybe 9th, potentially high-end 8. They're kind yes. of in a similar spot to the Clippers in that regard, huh? Yeah. Yeah, they're not. They're pretty adamant that they're not tanking. But they're definitely but not they're in a good spot. Definitely not competing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sam Decker does not improve his chances at an NBA championship in the slightest. No. Well, we'll see. Uh, what about this? The Lakers say they only want to play LeBron thirty-three and a half minutes or thirty-three point five minutes per game this season, according to the Athletic. I don't see this happening. Um. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I think when they brought him in, like they have a plan. Like they they want to know that LeBron's gonna be there for the duration of his contract in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And if they're playing him the way the Cavs played him last year, that's not gonna happen. He's gonna burn out much faster. Even mm-hmm. even the superhuman have their have their limits, and LeBron is still at the top of his game, but. If you want to keep him there, they're going to have to hold him back a little bit. I think they understand that. Mm-hmm. So I I think while they might not be like on the dot at 33 and a half, I I could see it being like 34 to 35 minutes per game. Yeah, I just see it being extremely difficult to do that. Like th- I don't pre- I predict or I foresee this Laker team not coming out of the gates very hot. Um I think they're going to drop a bunch of games like they might even i wouldn't be surprised if they go like i don't know like five for six or like four for six or something like that um stretch to start the season i um, mean at the end of the day i don't think the lakers are going to be okay being a ninth seed if some of these games need to be won and they <laughs> and if that means playing lebron um upwards of closer to 40 minutes a game right yeah it's true that yeah, the start they get's really going to depend a lot on how their schedule shapes up too at the beginning of the season, which mm-hmm. we now know the schedule. The NBA released the whole 2018-2019 schedule, and we got to take a sneak peek at everything. And there's there's some pretty exciting matchups, wouldn't you say, mm-hmm. to start this season? Yeah, but I think the best, the big thing here is um, back-to-back games, all-time low, 13.3 average per team. Um, no play, no team playing four games in five nights, mm. um, and no team plays eight games in twelve days, which is kind of ridiculous. That that actually was something that ha- that would happen. That's so well, yeah. many games. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were talking about that stretch, the Clippers, which that's 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 crazy because that actually probably was the number one reason. No, I mean not the number one reason, but I, let's the call big it the number reason. one reason. <laughs> <laughs> but the big reason why that second half of the year the Clippers, uh. Uh, basically ended up shooting themselves in the foot and not qualifying for the playoffs because they were right there in that running we and they were, hit yeah. that tough stretch that tough stretch um and it just it was too much for them to make up 
with the yeah. those last couple of weeks in the in the season. Yeah, it's true. So this can only work in our favor. They yeah. do. They're like, oh, the Clippers deserve to make the playoffs. We need to make sure that that doesn't happen to them again. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, you can see right there how the schedule in itself is is a factor against some of these teams. But opening night, we got the Sixers, Celtics, and the Thunder Warriors. There's some they interesting re- choices. Yeah, they really want to push that Sixers-Celtics rivalry thing, um, which I can consider that a, ri- a rivalry in the Eastern Conference, though I don't really cons- think I can consider it a big ri- rivalry for the NBA overall, I think. I'd probably put it a maybe a third. I'd, I yeah. like Thunder Warriors. I like Laker Warriors. I like... <laughs> I mean, hell, Lakers-Celtics might end up being something big, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you got the Kyrie-LeBron rivalry there Mm -hmm. as well, which is going to be really exciting to see that Lakers-Celtics rivalry revitalize a little bit, hopefully. Mm -hmm. But I think what they're going for with these opening night games is these are the two teams, I think, that they think are going to be one and two in both conferences. Yeah. So you're really looking at what could potentially be a Western and Eastern Conference Finals matchup in the very beginning of the season. And I mean, I'm I'm not going to even argue much against it. I I could definitely see these both of these teams being one two in their respective conferences. And I mean, hopefully, yeah. hopefully the Sixers are healthy to start the season, or else that game is going to be pretty boring. Um, it's going to be really exciting to see Gordon Hayward come back too for the Celtics. I think that's going to be one of the biggest stories of this whole yeah. whole opening night because as far as the Sixers, Thunder's, and Warriors are concerned, their teams look almost identical. Um, the Thunder yeah. will have minus Carmelo Anthony, but that's that's a whatever. But having Gordon Hayward actually playing an NBA game, I think that's going to be huge. I think that's going to be the exciting story of of all of this. Yeah, I wonder if they might even like check Gordon Hayward early out of that first quarter just to uh get through that that mark where he oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, no, man. They better play him. They better play him a good amount. I want. I want to see some Gordon Hayward. I think. I think a lot of the league's forgotten how good this guy actually was. Yeah, he's a solid piece. So, yeah, it'll be great to see him as well. And then on the Thunder Warriors side, we'll see uh, Grant without Carmelo Anthony there playing some <laughs> bigger minutes. Oh, big time, <laughs> <laughs> big time, Grant. And then also we'll see Dennis Schroeder make his prom- his start there with the Warriors and the Warriors. Are gonna start this season without um any presence down low with with the loss of JaVel McGee and um well they still got Zaza I guess oh, and they still whoa, have David West. No, they don't have Zaza. He left. He's uh, on the Pistons now. Right. He Zaza's Jordan, gone. Jordan Bell's gonna be really their main big man. That'll be in, that's interesting. Let's see how that works out for them. The because and well, it's gonna have to work for yeah. them at least until. Whenever that is that DeMarcus Cousins is ready to come back for that team. But I bet Paul George and uh, Russell Westbrook are going to be hungry for this game. Yeah. Well, if anyone can play four-on-five basketball, it's the Warriors. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, It's interesting, though, that the the NBA didn't choose to go with a Lakers game uh, to start the whole season off. Yeah. I think some strategy with that, you could say, is that they want the Lakers home opener to be on a weekend when everyone's all hyped up and uh, doesn't have to work or anything like, like us. Like we're, we're definitely going to try to make it to this game on October 20th against the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the Lakers, they face Houston at home after opening on the road against Portland uh, to start the season. Uh, those are two really tough ones to start as we were alluding to before with the potential slow start that the Lakers could be getting. Yeah, um, with a pretty brutal schedule to start off, but hey, if they're up to the challenge, uh, we'll know early on. Yeah, I of. think, <laughs> I think they're gonna get killed in that game. Portland, <laughs> honestly, I if whatever that spread is, I'm interesting to see what that spread is, and I might if it's like eight eight points, I'm gonna be like, no, they're gonna lose by eight. Bet the house on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like man, how disappointing is it gonna be though if we go to another Lakers home opener with a lot of <laughs> hype and then they're just blown out by the third quarter <laughs> again? <laughs> yeah, that. But at least this, <laughs> at least this time, I guess it'll be a lot more in- interesting in that it's the Houston Rockets who are a great team. Whereas last year, no disrespect to the Clippers, but 
man. We schooled you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Blake Griffin out was looking like he was going to be an MVP candidate yeah, that year yeah, <laughs> based off I the way the Lakers were. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we even had Blake Griffin, man. <laughs> Blake Griffin was doing grabbing every rebound he wanted, low low post moves, dri- dribbling right past every Laker defender. Um, I oh swear, I was gosh, like, are you? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, if that game was a sample, si- if you took that game and thought that was a sample size for Blake Griffin's NBA season, you yeah, you would have thought he was an MVP candidate. <laughs> man, don't make me sad about what could have been. Yeah, but anyways, I yeah. I'm hoping hoping that game's more competitive, but uh, on the note with Portland, I think they're gonna get killed by this Portland team. Oh man, you just think they're one. gonna get killed back to back. Yeah, well, most notably against Portland because this Portland team is probably still thinking about that playoff series that closed their season <laughs> off. I think they're a little bitter. CJ McCollum oh. might have taken a little little salt in the wound from Kevin Durant in that podcast. Oh yeah, this has slowly been building up, and it's just they're gonna go all out that game one, and, then, and the Lakers are just gonna be right there, and they're, they're gonna... just gonna take it. <laughs> yeah, so I I gotta check out what that the spread is gonna be for that game, and and if it's not over ten points, then then it's I'm betting it. I'm betting on that game. I'm like, dude, the oh. Lakers are gonna lose by 18, 15. <laughs> years of years of mediocrity have made you such a sad Lakers fan. <laughs> Hey, I mean, I still think the Lakers are going to have a great season, but that first game against Portland, no, they're going to get killed. <laughs> but yeah, um, Well, they'll have to quickly turn it around, at least by February 7th when they play the Celtics in a renewed rivalry of, of the old Showtime days against yeah. Boston. Man, that's going to be a really good matchup to watch. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, February 7th. Um, that's deep into the season. It's too bad that it takes that long for them to play. Yeah. I just we could be either in two places at this point for Laker fans. <laughs> yeah. You could either be in a point where you're like trade everybody. Trade them oh, all. Oh no. <laughs> Are you serious? No, there's no <laughs> trade way. Trade them all. Except there's for There's no way. Or or just deep deep doubts of whether we were ever meant to draft a superstar. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why, man? <laughs> or we were going to be biting our nails in that, that February time hit. And yet again, third to or maybe, maybe this season, it'll be second to the eight seed are separated by literally maybe only three games. Second to 10th t- even. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Second to 10th. Yeah. It's crazy when like, you see these rankings and you're like, man, where's Portland? If they didn't say think Portland was going to make the playoffs. <laughs> they didn't yeah. think the Pelicans were going to make the playoffs. Like it's wild, man. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, the Pelicans are easy to look over, I think. And you forget that they have a top five player on their yeah. team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crazy, dude. Yeah. And then, and then uh, yeah. Oh. Warriors Rockets, November 15th. We don't have to wait too long to see that rematch just a month into the season. I'm not that excited for this game as as I was last year for this matchup. At you don't least. think Chris Paul's gonna be like just seething with that's true frustration at what could have been his first finals appearance? Yeah, every time every time I think Rockets, I keep thinking James Harden, and I should that's be fair. thinking Chris Paul. No, it's fair to I think, think James Harden. He's yeah, he MVP. is right. But you're right. I think it's going to be Chris Paul that that's going to be hungrier for this matchup. I think James Harden just has a very casual, nonchalant vibe about him sometimes. And um, and it's tough. I mean, you kind of just don't really know what to expect from him when it comes down to these big-time matchups um, in the NBA. But, yeah, I mean, like we saw last year, Chris Paul really is the bulldog of this team. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> really the reason that they were – even in it to try to get to the finals against the Warriors. Yeah. Like, for a while there, it looked like that series was going to go to only five games. Yeah, seriously. And man, uh, it's, it's frustrating, but I, yeah, no one's more fresher than Chris Paul. That's going to be a great matchup. Yeah. And then I'm honestly excited to see OKC Lakers January 2nd. Okay. New year. Okay. New Year's rung in, and I think I think this is going to be a fun matchup to watch because uh, Paul George is going to be coming into town. He's going to get some booze right, oh, right yeah. on him. <laughs> oh, heavy booze. Yeah, Laker fans were pissed at that man. 
Mm-hmm. He teased us, left us hanging. <laughs> yeah, it forever will, it seems like. Yeah. But for me, I think what I'm most excited about, the way that I felt about OKC versus Warriors last year, and um, and then once the season got started, Rockets-Warriors is actually the Christmas Day game, Lakers-Warriors. I think that's yeah. the game I'm most excited about. Yeah. I mean, you don't think that one's going to be a blowout, though? It could possibly be a blowout. Yeah, it could possibly, but I mean, once the game starts, I'll be excited for sure. Yeah, the Lakers don't really have a good uh, track record on Christmas Day games. They tend to get they got blown yeah. out by the Boston Celtics, blown <laughs> out by Miami Heat a couple times. I think the the most memorable Laker game Christmas Day for me so far has been that game when Kobe that second time or it might have been well both times actually were pretty good games. Both times, no, no, never mind. <laughs> Anyways, Lakers versus Miami Heat, Shaq versus Kobe. The first time uh, they played, yeah, that was an a epic very one. Was an epic game. Uh, Kobe just basically carrying that Laker <laughs> Laker team and almost stealing the win from a Miami Heat team that was way better than that Laker team that had uh, some names for you, Chris Mim. No, <laughs> Chris Mim rearing his head into the podcast yet again. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also joining the Lakers and Warriors on Christmas Days, you got the Milwaukee Bucks, New York Knicks, Blazers, Jazz, Rockets, Thunder, and 76ers versus Celtics again. Um, One of these things is not like the other. (laughs) What do you mean? Why are the Knicks in this at all? Who (laughs) wants to watch the Knicks on Christmas? Look at all these contenders. And then they have the Knicks in there still. What are they doing? (laughs) I don't understand. The Knicks, to me, the Knicks in the NBA has got to be the oddest thing in all the <laughs> sports, on the whole entire sports They just world. can't let go. They can't. I mean, when you think soccer, you always think Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Manchester Manchester United. But all these, fran- all these franchises have always been good. You think the NFL, you think the Patriots and Green Bay and all these, but all mm-hmm. these teams have always really been good when they're on these big-time days. But... For whatever reason, the NBA always puts the Knicks on <laughs> on Christmas Day in these notable days. It's so ridiculous. It's just going to be a boring blowout game. Yeah. Yeah, and Kristaps Porzingis might not even be yeah, there. Yeah, Kristaps might not even be there yet. Yeah, so you're just watching the likes of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kevin Knox just getting lit up by Giannis. <laughs> and his canter, man. And his canter. And his canter. Yeah. <laughs> but a huge shout out to the Jazz, though. It's the first time they'll be playing on Christmas Day since 1997. That's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. Because the Jazz have had, since then, they've had one team make it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, they've had multiple teams make it, or maybe only two teams. But anyway, they've had multiple teams make the playoffs since then. Whereas the New York Knicks probably have only been to the playoffs twice since 1997. Yeah, I'm really not sure where they think that there's appeal (laughs) watching the Knicks play. But I do know where the appeal lies with the Jazz. And it's all about Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, the young star. Yeah, the young star. Just a stand-up citizen. All his Instagram and Twitter is just like... Man, everyone loves this guy. Like, and he—he's such a part of the jazz community. He's lifting everyone up. He's like a superhero for Utah right now. Yeah, but um, all right. So now let's do something that's pretty unique to the NBA, and that's making a big deal of when uh, <laughs> former players visit their old team's arena. This is like an only <laughs> NBA deal. thing. Like, nobody really makes no other sport makes a big deal out of this. Yeah, Except I guess you NBA. could put this in the big the big deal, not big deal section of our <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we probably could, but um here they are, the dates. Carmelo Anthony, November eighth. Uh it's not even really a big deal. It's <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> but he's going back to OKC, so there's a day that'll be marked on some people's calendars, possibly. Uh LeBron James going back to Cleveland November twenty first. I guess that's kind of a big that's deal. That's gonna be yeah. He's going to get a standing ovation, I bet. Yeah. And then it's just going to end in the... And then the Lakers will probably, hopefully, hopefully walk away on. with the win. Yeah. They should. <laughs> got Seti Osman just taking it to LeBron. He's like, I, you taught me everything I know. Now I'm going to take you down. 
Yeah, or somehow J.R. Smith finds his shots and just lights up <laughs> all of the Laker defenders. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a sight? Yeah, and then December 20th, we got DeAndre Jordan, the most hesitant man known to NBA free agency, um, returning back to L.A. on December 20th. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is really going to be much of a big deal. I yeah. think we we were we were happy that DeAndre got to leave because he got stabbed in the back by Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and that us as fans understand that he had to yeah. go through that pain and this next one on the list I think is really the only one that is actually a big deal Kawhi Leonard going back to the Spurs on January 3rd going back to the Alamo yep yeah. I think that that is a big deal um I'm not sure. It's got to be on TNT or one of these guys have had to. Have oh, picked there's up this no game. way this doesn't make national television. Yeah, this <laughs> like there's there's gonna be so many cameras just fixated on the fans. Just yeah. like there's gonna be there the boo birds, man. There will be screams of terror <laughs> in Kawhi Leonard's ear. It and he won't be faced because he barely has a soul. <laughs> yeah, it'll be that'll be a game I'll watch. And I hate to say, but I do. As much as it seems silly, this this storyline that somehow is unique to the NBA, it's actually pretty entertaining. <laughs> it, it is entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> it's really it's something that's at least getting us kind of through the off season. I mean, last last year, I felt like there was more spread out action than there was this year. Like it kind of all happened at the beginning of this off season, and now the weeks pro- like pers- like after it have been just nothing. Yeah. Right. So, a couple more here. Blake Griffin, January 12th, returning back to L.A. I don't really think this is going to be anything. <laughs> yeah, I think we're just happy we got rid of his contract. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This next one, I mean, Tony Parker, he'll just get a nice standing ovation from the Spurs January 14th when he goes back to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for DeMar DeRozan when he goes to Toronto February 22nd. Like, there's nothing but love for both of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think DeMar... Outside of Kawhi Leonard, he'll probably actually show some emotion behind his return. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's not hard to do, to show more emotion than him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, here's something else that we did. Last year, we also counted the number of uh, games each team had, and we basically just uh, talked whether or not it was right. Uh, but this year, the Lakers, number one with the most televised games, Oof. 43. The Warriors, second with 40. The Rockets, third with 39 tied with the Celtics and 76ers all three of these guys with 39 games in Oklahoma City with 36 the Lakers have 43 games that is crazy last year was crazy because they didn't even have LeBron yeah Yeah, now they have over half their games nationally televised that's crazy that's gonna do something to these young guys I mean if they I'm worried about it but we'll see how it goes I mean (laughs) You don't think they can uh, hang in the spotlight? I'm not sure, man. We'll have to see how it plays out. I, it's hard to, it's hard to pre- try to guess how somebody's gonna react to these type of thing. Cause hell, I mean, I personally don't know what that is like to be under a microscope from yeah. the entire national Millions sports of media. People watching you. <laughs> yeah, but damn, that's crazy. Forty three games. <laughs> so many games, <laughs> and the rest of these really aren't that much less. Warriors mm-hmm. at 40, that's basically half. And then Rockets, Celtics, 76ers, one game less than that. Like, mm-hmm. they're basically playing half the season on national TV. And OKC, like, 36 is a good chunk also. Like, yeah. So these these top teams are getting a ton of love. There's a huge drop-off after this, though. <laughs> and you, you see teams like Washington, a team that has two All-Stars and one former in Dwight Howard. They only have eight nationally televised games compared to these other teams, which is just <laughs> ridiculous, man. Like, you have two all stars yeah. on your team, and you get no love because no, like, I mean, you haven't really made a splash in the postseason. Your players hate each other, I guess. Yeah, and that's really the storyline that comes out of Washington these days. And yeah, they like it seems like these national TV games—they're just all reserved for the most hyped teams. Yeah. And you notice something about this that really speaks to the star power of the M or like the individual star power of the NBA is the Cleveland Cavaliers are not on this list. Of course they're not. 
and they had <laughs> they had they were probably in the top three last year. Yeah, yeah. They it, so I actually remember they only have two this year. Two nationally televised two games. Two nationally televised games and, for I, Kevin Love. And they're both. Oh, and I, I was going to say, I bet both of those games are against the Lakers. Oh, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> They'd give them zero if they could for a team that has an all-star on it, Kevin Love. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, they got – basically, a lot of those guys were on the team that won the championship, or at least with JR, like Tristan. JR, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's crazy how the, how top-heavy these national television games are. It's almost going to be boring to watch them play so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the NBA is probably going to have to pray that none of these teams have any major injuries. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of us, none of us want to see that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, uh, should I be happy or sad that the Clippers only have three games? <laughs> like, honestly, is that, like, what do you, I mean, from my opinion, obviously, I want them to have more. But what what do you think? I think you should be grateful. I oh, think three man. is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's three games. That's I like mean, nothing. I, last year I saw some Clipper games, and the only reason I saw those was because I saw them off um, Reddit Reddit stream. So and oh, I was like, oh, man. this is pretty cool. But whenever I did watch like a Warrior game or an OKC game, I was like, oh man, these. Jeez, this is high quality <laughs> basketball right here. <laughs> what if all of our three games are also against the Lakers? <laughs> <laughs> that is possible. Oh man, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, we'll have to do some deeper research into that. I mean, considering that the Lakers get 43 and the Warriors get 40, does that mean basically every Western Conference team gets a national televised game? Probably. Yeah, I mean the way the math yeah, plays out. Like it, yeah, there, there's probably yeah they have one against every team that they play against. Yeah. Anyways, so let's move on to just quickly go through some of these and whether there's a big deal or not a big deal. So Kawhi reportedly going into Toronto with an open mind. Big deal or not a big deal? Not a big deal. His uncle <laughs> said it. Yeah. <laughs> How about this in a podcast? Uh, Paul George kind of cuts the Laker fans' hearts a little bit, saying he never really explored uh, the Laker option. Man, how how much damage can this man do to the <laughs> Laker community? We What did we do to hurt you, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a little bit of a lie. Of course he thought about the Laker option. Maybe he'd never really, like, explored a part. Well, I don't even know what he would explore, right? Because he probably already owns a home in L.A. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's there's no that's a lie. That's a lie that he said he never really explored the option. I I mean I guess you could take that and interpret it in a few different ways. But yeah, yeah, just he had a three part Sports Center series about it. Of course he thought about it. <laughs> that's true. You're right. And even <laughs> in that series, uh, mentioned the Lakers a couple times. Yeah, like half the freaking thing was happening at L.A. in L.A. with his family. Yeah, true. Okay, that's a straight-up lie. Not a big deal, but it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, what about this? Former Clippers star Corey Maggette wins the Big 3 MVP. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> There's the Clippers making the highlight reel. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. Big deal, Shout man. Out to I this didn't man. know he was still balling. <laughs> yeah, apparently he is. Or how about this? NBA rookies uh, voted on who's most likely from their class to have the best career. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. from Chicago gets first with 13% of the votes, and Luka Doncic got zero votes. Uh, it's, I, I, Luka Doncic is kind of, though, like that that kid in school, like the new kid in school that doesn't really yeah. know anybody. Like all these other guys played each other in college in the NCAA, and he's like the outsider. So yeah. I feel like no one wants to vote for him. <laughs> that That's yeah. what I'm seeing with that. Wendell yeah. Carter's... Uh, that's a pretty big deal. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I would have expected DeAndre Ayton to get that pretty easily. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, other rookies must must have it for Wendell Carter. I mean, he must have really took it to him when they played against them. Yeah, I mean, he had a good summer league series. Um, so I'm probably that played a lot. And to Doncic's case, yeah, he didn't he didn't really work out. He didn't play in college, and he didn't partake in summer league. So. Probably hurt his case a lot. Yeah, but, I mean, all these guys got a lot to prove this year. I mean, if DeAndre Ayton isn't the guy that's getting first in his own, like, in the voting for his own class, it seems like he's he's got some, uh, 
he's still got a reputation to hold up. Right. Yeah. How about this guy? Uh, big deal if uh, apparently there were some rumors swirling around that Kobe was going to play in the Big Three. Oh, man. Uh, r- rumor started by the co-founder of the Big Three tournament, Jeff Co. Co. Co-attendance? <laughs> Quadinets. Quadinets? I don't Quadinets. know. Quadinets. We'll say Jeff. Co-founder <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he heard from a credible source uh, yesterday, oh, basically man. the day that he said it, or, yeah, the day before he said it, uh, that Kobe says he's playing next year. Um, next no. year as in, <laughs> in the big three tournament and then obviously this just blew up that earlier today a kobe spokesman had to come out and basically shut down that rumor saying that that kobe is not planning on playing in this tournament big deal or not a big deal did you buy into this hype were you excited what's happening here is he's trying to speak it into existence yeah like this is the co-founder and he's like man if i want this to become a real thing i need kobe in here how am i gonna get kobe I'm going to tell people that he's going to do it. And then I'm going to, it's like a LeVar <laughs> ball tactic, you know? Right. He's just putting it in everyone's mind. Kobe included. He's like, Oh, what if I did play in the big three? What would that be like? He's at least, yeah. it's the thought is at least there, even if it's not a serious one. So mm-hmm. good for you. Co-founder Jeff. <laughs> I think he probably had a big, uh, our earnings call or something like that. And people wanted to hear what he's doing to grow this company. And he was like, Hey, I'm just going to pull the black card and see what happens and tell people <laughs> that Kobe's playing the, the Mamba card. But yeah, here's the question if though. If Kobe job. played, if Kobe played in the big three, would people watch the big three? Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? I think, it would have over it would be the hype would be insane however (laughs) i do think it'd it'd be a very short-lived hype um i mean i think at the end of the day i don't think the big three was really meant to be something huge uh i mean these guys are good and they were really good players but come on man let's be real here i don't (laughs) uh, aside from a couple i think there's there's a lot of guys that um I don't think are going full hearted hearted into this like they did in their NBA days. Oh no, yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys are much older now. How, how old is Corey Maggette even? He must be close to fifty at this point. Yeah, and I mean Kobe. That last year, I mean, it was fun watching him. Well, it was cool watching him. It wasn't very mm-hmm. fun watching him. <laughs> <laughs> you I, that last the game, there. the very last game, was fun watching. Yeah, the last game was fun, but that season was yeah, it was pretty clear um that his days playing well, basketball yeah. at that high level were probably over. Or Yeah, or it over. was just it was just a goodbye tour, but man, if he played in the big three, I'd watch it for sure. I think I would watch it. Um and I think the hype would be huge. I think the ratings would shoot, but I like I said, I think it'd be short lived by the fourth game. Um I think you'd see a big drop off. Yeah, maybe. But I, I would definitely watch every Kobe game. Yeah. Um, so on final thought to close it, um, I read an interesting article by the Ringer. They have this series, this NBA offseason series of articles that they call Are We Sure? Um, and they basically just choose a topic. And this week they said, Are we sure the Jazz won't be the second best team in the West? Um, and DJ Foster from the Ringer did a great breakdown here. Um, and I think it's a great question. Hey, not only because I all of a sudden I'm jumping on the Utah Jazz bandwagon, but also because I think he brings up big points. One point is the Jazz were the only team to beat the Warriors three times last year. Good. Well, I think that's a solid point. Second point, <laughs> the Jazz won 29 of their last 35 games. Like we said, they hit a huge um, hiccup at the start of the season while Donovan Mitchell became came into his own um, and Rudy Gobert came down with two mid-level injuries uh, that put him out for uh, three weeks each apiece. Um, so he missed a bunch of games. So they closed that season off pretty big once they got all their their guys back in rotation. Um, and during that stretch, they were also the number one defensive team with a 96.5 defensive rating. Um, and the team hasn't been able to achieve that since the 2011 Celtics. And Donovan Mitchell, he's still getting better. That's the fourth point there. A guy who finished at the rim at 60.3% of the time. Uh, 
So basically, this guy can score the ball if he's getting right right to the rim. And I think they got a next factor on their squad in six foot six Dante Exum, who did his good a good job. I think holding down James Harden during those first two games in the playoffs last year before going coming down with an injury, I think he's got the best shot at at becoming a defensive stopper in this league and being that X factor for the Utah Jazz. What do you think, Sean? Oh man, you really <laughs> you really dug into that Utah Jazz bandwagon pretty well I, there. I'm fully on it, man. I'm the driver. <laughs> you are you. I mean, DJ Foster's the driver. You're at least the co-pilot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> man, I do not buy into this. I do not buy into this at all. I think oh, no. the Utah Jazz are the four seed, and that's that's pretty nice, honestly. Like they're yeah. like I think at best they're the four seed. Like they're not going to be better than the Warriors. Obviously, they're not going to beat the Rockets, and they're not going to beat the Thunder as far as regular season wins go. Sure, they won 29 of the last 35 games. Are we going to consider that their normal? You really think that's going to be their pace for the whole year? What does that put them at for the whole season? That <laughs> probably puts them not. At like, that puts them at like 65 wins probably. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, they did that, but that's an outlier. Like, that is not what they would normally get with, that, with the lineup that they have. Maybe not 65, but... I don't. Will it take sixty-five wins to be the second best team in the NBA? Is that you think? That's no, what that's not what I'm saying. But like <laughs> the fact that like that's brought up. They won twenty-nine last thirty-five games. Like yeah, they did. But like also, they're probably only gonna win like fifty games at most next year. And well, like they'll be a contender for sure. Like they they'll be in the playoffs and they'll contend. They've proven that. But I don't I don't buy that they're gonna be the second best team. Like. That's just just still a little bit of a stretch. They're not quite there yet, in my mind. Well, I think they have good I'm... defense. Donovan Mitchell is good, and I don't give a crap about Dante Exum. <laughs> what about Joe Ingles, man? That guy's a big deal. No, why? <laughs> he's he's a like okay player. Sure. Well, when this team, when when my bandwagon on this band ride gets us all the way to the Western Conference Finals, Sean, you're not allowed to jump in, bro. You better you better you better not. Ride that thing too fast, you're gonna fall off pretty soon. (laughs) How about this? How about we start off with the breakdown of that division then, the Northwest Division that is the Utah Jazz, the Timberwolves, the Trailblazers, the Nuggets, and OKC, which is wow, that's a that's a that that is that is the division, man, right there. That's tough, right there. You these each of these teams are seeing each other three or four times, um, in the regular season, so. This is going to be tough. That'll, that'll be a big one. And, yeah, we'll, we'll get our division preview started for you guys starting next week. Uh, six weeks, six divisions up until the start of the regular season. And then once we're done, we'll be there. I'll be yeah. exciting. Let's do it. I'm excited. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is the NBA Second Stringers podcast. Check us out next week uh, where we start our division previews. Awesome. Have a good week, everyone.